The following is a paid commercial program, paid for by New Life Worship Center. The opinions and views expressed in this program belong to its sponsors and are not those of this station or their affiliates or their employees. Our fallen thoughts and reasonings make us prone to unbelief concerning the things of God. Our fallen and fluctuating emotions make us prone to unbelief. How many of you know we serve a too good to be true God? The word of God says for all the promises of God are yea and amen to the glory of God the Father. God gets glory when his promises are manifested in our lives. That's too good to be true. Good morning and welcome to our Faith to Faith television broadcast. I'm Bishop Carl J. Van and thank you for making us a part of your early Sunday morning. I pray that this year has been a good year so far and that it will continue to be. We pray that the Lord is showing his blessing on you and all is well. We're in a new year and because we're in a new year, we have a new mantra over our church and that mantra is the victory of 2021. 2021, not just O-N-E, but also W-O-N, 2021. That means that we've won in 2021. And you get the victory of 2021 in prayer, in praise, in walking in love, and there are so many other areas that we can mention. And the Bible mentions a lot about victory even in the Old Testament as well as the New. Psalm 98 and 1, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be unto God who gives us the victory. 2 Corinthians uh, 2, 14 tells us, but thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph. 1 John 5 and 4, for this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. The Bible has a lot to say about victory because God wants his people walking in victory. And 2021 is a year that's highlighting that we won. We have prayer counselors here waiting to assist you in prayer. Whatever your prayer need is, they're here to assist you during the duration of this broadcast and even a little time afterwards. And at our 11 o'clock live stream Sunday morning service, they're here as well during the duration of the entire service to assist you in what, again, whatever prayer need you may have. So be blessed by our message on today. So she smiles helplessly at her bad fortune and tells Charlie not to worry about that pocket change. And she takes Charlie up on his offer of half the lottery tickets, potential winnings. Well, Surprise, surprise, surprise. The ticket beats the odds and wins $4 million. 
Charlie comes to the diner the next morning to give Yvonne the good news. Her tip for serving a cup of coffee is not a little bit of change, but $2 million. Can you imagine Yvonne's reaction to this good news? At first, utter disbelief covers Yvonne's face. She wonders, is this some sort of prank or cruel joke? And we would have wondered too. Nothing like this could ever happen to me, she says. Well, Charlie insists that he is not joking. And in a flicker of hope, it registers deep inside Yvonne. Does she dare to believe this incredibly good news is true? Yes. Yes, she says as her eyes widen and her face begins to light up. Can it happen to me? Can it really be true? Then disbelief returns. Just yesterday, she had accepted her fate of bankruptcy. No, no, she says, coming back to reality. Her emotions are a mix of unbelief and disbelief. But facts are facts, and Charlie's gift was a reality. Half of the winnings were hers. Yvonne's glimmer of belief grew stronger as Charlie's excitement gradually increased and thawed her skepticism. Charlie's smile was saying it could happen. His enthusiasm was saying it has happened. And it has happened to you. Yes, Yvonne asked again. Yes, Charlie explained. Yes, as she comes to terms with the largeness of Charlie's gift, she suddenly finds herself dancing and swirling around through an empty diner, round the tables of customers, contemplating her new life, a life forever changed by Charlie's free gift. The little New York diner is the scene of unexpected, overwhelming, hard to believe joy. Now, I want you to imagine another place and time. A scene that actually happened to a peasant girl named Mary of Nazareth. The news she hears also causes unexpected, overwhelming, hard to believe joy. News greater than being given $2 million. She no doubt wonders, can it really be true? Can this happen to me? So as we continue our the cast of Christmas message, today we're looking at the third and order character in the lesson subtitled, Mary, Too Good to Be True. Too Good to Be True. Mm. Can I jump ahead and say this? Salvation is too good to be true, but it is. Before we get more deeply into the message, let me share something light with you. 
to please his father, a freshman went out for track. He had no athletic ability, though the father had been a good maller in his day. His first race was a two-man race in which he ran against the school maller. He was badly beaten. So not wanting to disappoint his father, the boy wrote home as follows. You would be happy to know that I ran against Bill Williams, the best miler in school. He came in next to last while I came in second. <laughs> okay, some of you are getting it, all right. Okay. E church, did you get it? I believe you did. <laughs> so Mary we'll be talking about today. We looked at Zachariah. We looked Wednesday night at his wife, Elizabeth. And so today, in order of appearance in the Christmas story, we look at Mary. In Roman Catholic doctrine, the Virgin Mary holds a place almost as central as Jesus himself. The Council of Ephesus in 311 AD dubbed her the mother of God in an effort to defend the deity of Christ. From that step, Mariology grew to the point that Mary is now viewed by most Catholics as co-sufferer with Christ and a mediator for sinners. She has been given the titles Queen of Heaven, Our Lady, and Mother of Mercy. But we know that there is only one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Mary didn't die for our sins. Jesus did. Mary needed a Savior too. So Protestants, you and me, are correct to reject the worship and the elevation of Mary based upon what is clearly revealed in the scriptures. The Bible never attributes sinlessness or supernatural abilities to Mary. And she is nowhere given the role of mediator between Christ and sinful humanity. She is, however, a key figure in the gospel narratives of both the birth and death of Jesus. But during this season, we'll concentrate on the birth. So to ignore her is to ignore some very key passages of the New Testament. With that in mind, we must treat Mary with neither adoration nor anonymity. We must view her as she is presented in the word of God. So our message, Mary Too Good to Be True, has three PowerPoints on today. The first one is the message proclaimed to Mary and us. The message proclaimed to Mary and us. Do you have Luke, the first chapter? Let's read together out of the King James Version, verses 26 through 31. I want you to read it together with me. Let's read it together loud. Let's read. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of sanitation, salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. All flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower thereof falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Mary, too good to be true. That's partly why the angel said, blessed art thou among women. What was going to happen to her was too good to be true, but it is. There's an old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, then it probably isn't true. There are some things that are so far-fetched that their veracity is questioned at every turn. How many of you believe it when you get the phone call telling you that you went in all expenses, paid vacation to Hawaii, and we only need your social security number and your visa number to process your prize? How about this one? The prince of Nigeria needs you to send him $500 so that you can recover the $20 million that was stolen from him and promises to share half of his fortune with you. Yeah, and I'm an astronaut. <laughs> it's just two of those things that seem too good to be true and is not true. There are many seems to be too good to be true things in life. Those seems too good to be true things have been around seemingly forever. When Gabriel announced to Zechariah that he would have a son, it seemed too good to be true. It was so good, it seemed so good to be true that Zechariah didn't even believe it and was struck dumb in his mouth and couldn't speak because of it. Some news seemed too good to be true and usually it is not true, whether to protect ourselves from disappointment or because it happens so rarely, we are prone to disbelieve really, really good news. Our fallen nature makes us all prone toward unbelief concerning the good news of the gospel. Do you know the, the word of God is called gospel 98 times 
in the New Testament, and Babel isn't even in the Bible. You can't find the word Babel in the Bible. But you can find the word gospel. Because our salvation, gospel means good story. I know many people have uh, uh, um, said it meant good news, but it actually means good story. It's a good story about how a Savior came from glory to bring to us redemption story. Redemption glory. Redemption story. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Hallelujah. To save a wretch like you. Let's see. I need to get in that tune. I heard an old, old story how the Savior came from glory. How he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch. I heard about his groaning and his precious blood atoning. Then I repented of my sins wonder victory. That's, that's good news. Saints, that's good news. That's good news. And too often times, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but too often times we let the trials and tests of this life dampen what God has done for us. But what God has done for us is too good to be true. It's really too good to be true, but it is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. That's why I say thank you, Jesus, so much. Even, even when I'm preaching, sometimes when I listen at myself after I preach, I, I say it. I'm saying thank you, Jesus, so much. But, but, I, but it's in me. It's in me. It's in me. Some, some people will use it as a filler when they don't have anything else to say. But, but it's something in me. I got more to say, but it keeps bubbling up inside me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say something else right now. I got more to say, but can I tell them thank you? Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. 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 If your salvation isn't too good to be true, you're not enjoying him like you should be enjoying him. Hallelujah. Too good to be true. But it is. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Maybe I just ought to moan. Uh, oh. 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 Thank you, Jesus. When I was growing up in the church, they said, if I couldn't say a word, I'll just wave my hand. Oh, if I couldn't say a word, I'll just wave, wave my hand. Thank you, Jesus. Our fallen belief. Hallelujah. He's here right now. He's here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Our fallen thoughts and reasonings make us prone to unbelief concerning the things of God. Our fallen and fluctuating emotions make us prone to unbelief. How many of you know we serve a too good to be true God? The word of God says for all the promises of God are yea and amen to the glory of God the Father. God gets glory when his promises are manifested in our lives. That's too good to be true. Ah, yes. But it is. Have you ever thought about the millions of young girls growing up in Judea thinking about the remote possibility of being chosen of God to be the one to birth the Messiah? Have you ever thought about the many mothers of those young girls who were hoping that their daughters would be the one to birth the Messiah? They were all waiting for the coming Messiah. It was prophesied of him centuries ago. And they were all waiting. They were all waiting century after century after century. And now it happens to this girl. Mm. Too good to be true. Yes, to every Jewish girl, that was something that was too good to be true. So our first of two minor points, if you're taking notes, is how common the girl addressed in this message. How common, how down to earth, how plain the girl addressed in this message. Beginning in verse 26, we're introduced to the person of Mary. 
Luke tells us that the angel Gabriel was sent on a mission from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin of spouse to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. Up until Gabriel greeted Mary, she was completely unaware and unsuspecting of the fact that she was about to hear a message from heaven that would seem too good to be true. In fact, when I say too good, can you finish it by saying to be true? Let's have a dry run. She was, she was unexpecting and unsuspecting to hear a message from the angel that was too good all right. Okay, y'all keep that same level because oftentimes when you go through the message, it, it dies down. Okay. A message that would affect the rest of her life and all of eternity. In many ways, Mary reminds us of ourselves when we first heard the heavenly message of the gospel that would forever change our lives. Look at verse 29 and notice how Mary initially reacted to what she heard from Gabriel. It says, she was troubled at his sin and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. Literally, Mary struggled to understand why the angel would say what he said to a girl like her. In light of where she was and who she was, Mary seemed like an unlikely candidate to hear the news that she would give birth to the Messiah. But you know, I like what 1 Corinthians, the first chapter says. For you know your calling, brother, how that not many mighty are called, not many wise. And then it goes on to say, for God has taken the weak things of this world and the foolish things of this world. God uses just plain old ordinary people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't come in the womb of a princess. He came in the womb of a peasant girl. And he can use you too. I said he can use you too. So she was just a common peasant girl living in a rural, out of the way, mountain village. Remember, she's from Nazareth. And what did, was it what Nathaniel say about Nazareth? Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? I mean, that's, that's how God works. Wow, what a word. What a rated word for a rated people. And the message is always bigger than the time allowed us. So we trust that you'll tune in next week for more of the same. We live stream uh, is on the screen, so just choose a time that will be more convenient for you to be a part of our live worship services. We have prayer counselors here to assist you in prayer. They're here during the 
duration of this broadcast as well as a few minutes afterward and also doing our Sunday morning live stream at 11. So until next time, come receive the word, leave and experience the difference at New Life.